If I could paint my lyrics on your canvas, then the world would know of your beauty. These pen strokes would do more than highlight of your continents. Instead, they would create vivid images that would showcase your vivacious personality, voluptuous. So as I pay close attention to your hips, grant me the opportunity to introduce them to your thickness. Mature mindset. So I stand apart in a world that is prolific in body shaming, set by societal standards. The definition of beauty hinges on a flawed physical construct. Perfection is the sum of absence of blemishes, while emotional scars remain hidden behind the curtains of pretenses. We are presented with images of curvaceous creatures that sometimes lack good conduct, while plus-size good women are overlooked, turned aside because our friends can't see us next to them. We crave the opinion of others, rather than care about our own feelings. We gloss over walking trophies rather than try to create an emotional connection. Not me, though. I would rather consume soul food than try to break my teeth over eye candy so as I sculpt you like my La Pieta. Then this work of art would denote your compassion. It would represent a modern Madonna's maternal love for a son who died so that we could live. So as I end, just remember that my pen to David could slay any Goliath task. So as I present these two famous pieces, call me a polymath. Call me the 21st century Renaissance man while I finish painting my lyrics on your canvas as a melanated Michelangelo with a pen. Spoken Soul Sessions. You ready, my man? With Poetic Black. Ain't nothing holding me back but me and who's holding you but you but you. Check this out, man. Spoken Soul Sessions. Oh, my God. This is Spoken Soul Sessions with Poetic Black. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Bold stances and lewd advances got us here. You are listening to Spoken Soul Sessions with Poetic Black. We'll start from scratch, exploring new possibilities. Spoken Soul Sessions. I'm your host, Poetic Black. And I'm happy to be here today. Spoken Soul Family, what's good? I hope your day is going as beautiful as mine. I hope your dreams and aspirations are coming into fruition. I hope you're on your path today. Determined, steadfast, and disciplined. What's good, Spoken Soul Sessions family? Today we have a very special guest in the building today. This brother right here, we've been trying to get this interview. We've been trying to get this interview going for a minute. But we kept getting hiccup after hiccup. But with perseverance and diligence, we're going to make it happen today. I'm talking about none other than my brother and your brother, the young and gifted Marlo Brown. The poem I, I spit in the beginning was written by Mr. Marlo Brown, entitled Beauty, a definitely, definitely official piece. But let me give this brother the proper introduction 
that he deserves. Marlo Brown is a Barbadian author who has been writing poems since 2009 and self-published his first book, Pictorial, writing for the stars that want to return to the constellations in 2019, where he envisioned the concept where he would paint pictures with words. Since then, he has taken part in the 16th day of activism against domestic abuse uh, competition that was held online in November 2020, where he placed third with his poem, John Keeps. He has participated in both local and international open mics, and some of his work has been read by the poetry battles and the Heart Tribe communities. Recently, he has been the guest on the inside of Chrysalis podcast, where he features some of his work from his book. Since then, he has published his second book, Marlo Brown Presents, The Young and Gifted, where he takes down an emotional journey, where he takes you down an emotional journey through words. Both books are available on Amazon and have received five-star reviews. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to welcome to the Spoken Soul Session studio, my brother and your brother, Mr. Marlo Brown, a.k.a. The Young and Gifted. Hey, my brother. What's going on, King? How are you today? I am good today. I'm excited. Oh, my brother, man. I mean, we had we had so many hiccups trying to get this interview started. And uh, we got it done, though. Yeah. I want to thank you. I want to thank you for your patience, you know, and your perseverance and your persistence to get this done, man, because I really wanted to get this done. Now, let me let my audience know how I came across my brother right here, Mr. Marlo Brown. Uh, I was looking to do an interview with with the lovely uh, Miss Chemistry, Miss Chemistry. Uh, and she told me she was like, yo, I got this brother because my, my schedule is a little hectic right now. So I got this brother who is a dope spoken word artist, man. I think you should interview him. So I was like, well, let me go look on his page and look at some of his work. And I went to your page on Instagram and I read some of the poems you have up there, man. Absolutely phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal, man. And I want to ask you how long, how long, before, Matthew, before we get into all that, my audience know about the the one question that I ask all my artists or all the artists that come on this show is Mr. Marlo Brown, Mr. Young and Gifted. Why poetry? Why spoken uh, word? That's a tough one. Um, mm. Originally, it was used as therapeutic because it allowed me to express the things that I couldn't say verbally. You know, um, even little things like telling a girl that she was attractive, I couldn't express what I wanted to say um, verbally, but I could write it beautifully. Mm. So there were times when um, I talked to females that I was interested in, and, you know, I wanted to say so many different things to them, but I couldn't say it. So I said, you know what, let me write it. Let me write it and send it to them. And they were amazed. So... It started as a hobby at first. Um, I would just write on anything from a woman singing next to me. I would just come with a poem. Um, social events that were going on in the world. Um, freestyles to songs. I would just write. And then I just honed that craft and just decided to, you know, to write on more serious stuff. Stuff that we face in our daily lives. So that's where my poetic journey came from. Mm, amazing, amazing, my brother. So you said you've been you've been writing since two thousand and nine. Yes. Tell us a little bit about your book, Pictorial, man. What came? Well, you came with the idea of the pictorial, and like what, what, like what? What was the journey in getting your book? Because you're a self published author. So yeah. let us know the journey and the discipline actually that it took to get that done. <laughs> All right, I'll give you the whole funny story behind it. So from 2009 to about 2019, I had over 450 poems on Facebook. 
mm. and they were just sitting there. So people has, have been asking me since like 2012 to 2015, man, you, when are you going to release a book? When are you going to do it? And my first thought was that, you know, I just do poetry for people to see. I don't necessarily need to monetize it. And um, in 2019, that changed because, you know, I had seen other peers release books and I liked the responses that they were getting. And um, a poet at that time who became an editor said, listen, you're way too good for your poems to just be sitting there. Do something with them. So we talked. Um, he walked me through the whole process from like ideas to creating the book to formatting it, all that stuff. And um, pictorial was very dear to me because I rely heavily on imagery and my poems and I believe in telling stories. So I had um, the bulk of work already done because all I had to do was select my what I consider to be my best poems from the set of 450. And... Um, I decided to do a title piece so that people know this is what I'm about. Mm. This is who I am as a poet. So Pictorial became that piece. I wrote it in, I think, 2017. And um, yeah, we just decided at the time to use 20 poems that best represented me as a poet. Mm, definitely, man. Profound, my brother. Profound, man. Like, I know that was crazy. Like, cause that that journey, because a lot of individuals, you know, they have a lot of art that they want to get out. But, you know, the publishing thing is the hindrance. You know what I'm saying? And, yeah. and, and really shout out to you for pushing past that and getting your book done, you know, self-published it, you know. And yeah. it's real hard to do. Well, it's not really hard to do, but it's a lot of tedious work. And, um... For you to go out and just get it done, man. That's you know, that's what's up. Now, pictorial, man. Like when I when I think of the the title, you know, what I'm saying because I, I definitely want to get the book. You said it's on is available on Amazon, right? Yeah. I definitely want to get the book. I want to I want to definitely collect that piece. But pictorial, when I when I envision the title, I see like you're painting a picture. Was that yep. the aim behind the? the whole book the entire book like yes. you wanted to paint a picture like to like like michelangelo because i noticed you you, you <laughs> use that reference in the poem beauty which is dope and i'm like well pictorial i think that's a profound way to get your message across look i'm i'm gonna paint these i'm gonna paint these pictures with words though yeah. it's, 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 it's a dope play on on the word and the art form i like it thank you yeah that was that was my intention from the beginning because as i said um i rely heavily on imagery to get my poems across and um i want people to be there with me on the journey as i'm writing it and as i'm reading it so pictorial was a, a cool construct and um it resonated really well with people because they were able to feel the stories that i told behind each poem and um I appreciated it. I appreciated the feedback. And um, it was written at a time when I was in my 20s. And I always look back at Peter and said, yeah, you were crazy then. And um, <laughs> <laughs> and you weren't trying to be like politically correct. You just like said what was on your mind. So mm. that's why I tragic it so much. Well, I want to hear this piece, Pictorial. I want to hear that piece. In fact, you have that piece available? Yeah, let me well, let me just go to it right now because I actually have the book here with me as well. All um, right, excellent. Because I want to hear I want to hear that piece. But before we get into that, I want to play uh, a message from one of my sponsors, and no then we're gonna get. I'll set the stage for you. Give you a, a minute or two to get your piece together. I'll set the stage for you, and we'll be right back. When uh, we come back, we'll set the stage for my brother, man. Hello, this is William S. Peters Sr., a.k.a. Just Bill from Inner Child Press International. First, I must say we at Inner Child Press are proud to support my brother, Daniel Green, a.k.a. Poetic Black, and his prolific 
embracing an informative program, Spoken Soul Sessions. As a publisher and now sponsor of the work Poetic Black does, we at Inner Child Press International offer to you, his listeners, and all spoken word artists, writers, and poets, a 10% discount on all of our publishing packages and services. Please mention code Spoken Soul to take advantage of this offer while it lasts. You can contact us at InTouch at InnerChildPress.com, and we hope to see your words in print very soon. We are InnerChild Press International, building bridges of cultural understanding. That's www.InnerChildPress.com. Thank you. Coming to the stage, let's give a warm round of applause for my brother and your brother, Mr. Marlo Brown. Thank you. So this is pictorial. We put pen to paper, like how we put lips to cheeks, so that words can become pictorial. Like a Shakespearean play coming to life, call us Romeo and Juliet, where love ended in tragedy. Death did its part, so if that was an official matrimony, then they would be read eternally. Etch in our memories like specific dates and times, that is history. Where his and her stories became intertwined, gaze upon like stars in a constellation, while their adaptations fall short, like a misplaced jump to a ledge. Simplicity became complex. The action becomes, became exaggerated, like a lot of words being placed in one sentence. While the work was sentenced a criminal to death row, as we tend to forget the impact that words can create. If words were pictorial, then feelings would be expressed extravagantly, precisely penned with a proclivity where we could proceed with pleasure. Like if a girl invited you to dance with her. While you are listening to soca music, its lyrics give us power like P equals IV. So as we gyrate when the crop is over, our bodies speak with a similar tongue. Music moves us, it words cut us deep, like a truth told with malicious intent, intensified to the extent where tears are shed, not of sadness, but of anger, where secrets become unraveled like a faulty plan, private information is divulged, so we guard ourselves. We reminisce to the point that we want to relive our past. What if, what are we, if we can't remember where we came from? Everyone has a story, so... As we remain trapped in imagery, we prove that words can be pictorial. End poem. Oh, dope, bro. Dope. Pictorial. Very descriptive, man. Very descriptive, man. I like the alliteration in it also. Very, very, very descriptive, my brother. You. Makes you it, it definitely makes you think, man. Pictorial. I love it, man. I really do. I really do. So when you wrote that piece, like what was you going through? Like, what was your mind space? Oh boy, pictorial. That was that was just me having fun and just stating who I am as a poet. Mm. Um I wasn't necessarily going through anything. I just wanted to talk about my journey as an artist, you know. Um, I spoke about a lot more serious topics than that, but I just wanted to introduce myself to the poet community as that artist that uses imagery extensively. Mm. So let, let me ask you, so you're originally from Barbados. Yeah. So what's the poetry scene in Barbados, was it was it a lot of poets out there? Were you influenced by any particular poets out there? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Poet scene here is happy. Mm. Um, crazy talent. Um, we have a Beijing hip hop scene here as well. Wow! I, I went to a lot of their open mics, and you know, um, I'm actually going to be the featured guest this Wednesday on their um Instagram show. Oh, and right. This yeah, Thursday yeah. right here? Pardon me? This Thursday coming? This Wednesday. Oh, this Wednesday coming. So that, that would be what, the 24th, right? Yeah. Okay, definitely. Yeah. I want to tune into that. 
Yeah, my definitely age. send me that link for that, man. I definitely want to tune into that. For sure. And um, we have had, um, yeah, it's crazy. We had the National Independence Festival of Creative Arts where um, that competition is separated into spoken word or literary. So you could just submit pieces. Um, grand prizes could be like as much as $10,000. Wow. Yeah, and they publish your work for you. I actually entered um, a prestigious literary competition this year called um, the Frank Calmore Literary Awards. And it created some big artists locally. Um, one of my friends that went to secondary school with me, Delvin Howell, he, at that time in 2010, he was working on what was then a comic book called Offset. And since then, since winning that award, um, he has released it as a novel, um, won some awards for it, like the Caddy Awards, which is an international marketing award because of how it was presented. And yeah, um, we have an author here by the name of Shakira Bourne, who was all over this. Like, um, she did children's books. She's in anthologies. So yeah, don't underestimate Beijing poets and authors. We are, we are very good as well. Wow, man. Phenomenal, King. Phenomenal. So, like, so your second book, because you put mm -hmm. out two books. Yeah. What, what was the t uh, title of your second book? Uh, Marla Brown Presents The Young and Gifted. The Young and Gifted. Now, what was the concept behind this? Was it just another variation of, of the different styles that you write in? Uh, or was it like a, a particular mindset that you was trying to drive through on this book? Oh, um, this one is a bit deeper because it was actually showcasing what I went through and my view on certain things. Mm. that were happening um, internationally as well as locally. It started at a time with COVID, you know. I wasn't intentionally going to release a second book. It was just like how the responses came to certain poems. And um, we did a lot of collapse with that. We talked about COVID. We talked about what was going on with George Floyd, Ahmaud Arbery, mm. as well as um, mental health issues here. And um, overall, it just came together. Um, I remember one of my friends as well gave us permission to write on history because he and his wife lost their first child. Wow. So he wanted my take on it and I wrote it. And then I wasn't satisfied because I wanted a female perspective. So I asked another friend and we sent him the piece. And he and his wife read it over and said, all right, you can use this piece. And wow. um. I decided to ask my um, collab partner at the time if we could include it in my book. So it was heavy. Um, initially, what got me into the whole international arena regarding it with mics was a piece called Voice for the Voiceless. And I was using that piece to speak on a mental health case that was happening here where, with a teenager where she was treated unfairly. And uh, as well as um, a security guard that was from another country, but was being paid at a lower rate than how he should have been paid. And that piece really got people on edge. And that piece actually got me on the Inside the Chrysalis podcast at the time. Mm, wow. Wow. Amazing, man. But wow, that's that that's so unfortunate what happened to your um to the um to your friends, the the couple man who lost their child. That's Wow, that's 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 a heavy that's a heavy blow right there, man. I know the piece was just phenomenal, man. But uh let me ask you though, when you like when you put out your second book, because you said you wasn't gonna put out the second book. Mm -hmm. And when you put out the second book, it was during the time of COVID. Let me ask you, how many pieces did you compile in the um second book? Twenty-five. Twenty-five pieces, and the first yeah. and the first book contains twenty pieces. Yeah. Wow. And the funny thing about that intention, when I was conceptualizing the idea of a second book, I was actually going to use pieces that I had written on Facebook years ago because the first book represents a timeline from 2000 and I think 10 or 12 to 2019. And Facebook decided like last year, October, to remove all the notes that you had there, all the poems and stuff. Wow. So I literally had to write my second book from scratch 
Wow, man. That's yeah. oh wow. I, that's one reason why I didn't really put a lot of my poetry on Facebook. I got I have a partner, you know, who I mean the amount of poems that he had on Facebook was just crazy. I'm talking about really good poems. And you said they 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 swiped all of your poems? All. Oh my all. goodness, man. I couldn't imagine, man. I really could not imagine. That's that's so hurtful. That's hurtful, man. Oh my goodness, man. I know you was devastated. Yeah, it was, right? So we came up and but it helped in the end because they were fresh poems and mm. um I just had we just had fun writing them. Mm. And um this one especially um that I had sent for poetry battles and got me on Inside the Christmas podcast. This is one this is actually one of my favorite pieces from my second book, to be honest. Mm. All right, so let me uh, well we well we wanna hear it, man. Let the audience let the whole, let the audience hear this piece is a perfect segue into this piece. So let me set the stage back up for you again, my brother. Coming back to the stage, give it up for our brother, the young and gifted. Thank you. So the name of this piece is Voice for the Voiceless. And this is how I want to be viewed as a voice for the voiceless. So here it goes. Egotistical instead of egalitarian. So we see superfluous stuff to maintain our fabricated realities that we call life. Yet we choose to ignore outdated ideologies that give rise to pristine practices practiced by people who are perceived as professionals. Yet personally, they are callous instead of compassionate which was made evident by the treatment of mental illnesses. Tell me, at what point did we normalize nudity of troubled teens as a means of, for rehabilitation? Feeding them inferior food for a fortnight, then clothe them in nothing but an undergarment and sing like Kayla Mark. Everything's going to be all right. Right? Wrong. I condense my emotions so that I can creatively compose a composition that is on the curb of controversy. As a lumbering lexicon, I lyrically lacerate social inequities so that I can inspire intellectuals to find ways that may be more efficacious. In order to avoid the circumference of ignorance, we pitch ideas together, like words drawn by hyphens, while we siphon energy from each other like Gemini wishes. As I go from this life to the next, I won't stop being a voice for the voiceless. Another verse describes another problem. They were heralded for being her scene, yet they still seem like kids to me. They mix matters around minimum wage, while they make mention of layoffs. Sammy told me that we're all here trying to survive, yet how can we feel comfortable with security guards standing for 12 hours while their hourly rate is just 6.25? A tear came down when one of them said, Yo, Marlo, I'm working hard every day so that my mama can make it. All the while, I expressed empathy since I knew that he was being exploited. A man from a different land, therefore his pay would be lower. Dismayed by the discrimination, I cannot fathom my reason why ethics no longer seem to be etched in mortals' minds. Concerned with the wrong things, so instead of grieving over a tragedy, they were more concerned with why a man on a bicycle was outside, past the curfew time, while he died. No one questioned the motorist, since that extended beyond the scope of the spectrum. So, like Zeke, I'm a Jaeger that became a beast, standing tall like a titan, tightening the noose around the net of social injustice, until it's about to die, coughing as it's headed to a coffin, while my pen became a jiu-jitsu sorcerer, which meant that poetry became my domain's expansion. So that, I'm trying to love a black woman so hard, stop it. She's trying to love a black man so hard, stop it. I'm trying to love my people so hard that they forget that the world is against them, until that becomes more than a me, but history in the making. End poem. Phenomenal piece, man. Phenomenal piece, man. One more time for the brother, man. Wow, man. Such a descriptive piece, man. Such a descriptive piece, man. I love your writing style. 
you have the you have the type of style that you know it reads well over like reading it reading it like i can see me really really enjoying your book because the words the words the way you construct your words and the way you put them in the stances that how you how you formulate your stances is very intriguing man it makes you it it gives it gives uh it, it it lends very well to a thinking person a person who who likes to ponder and sit and and just really meditate over the words man powerful man powerful man powerful piece man and that was the that was the debut piece of yeah. your second book yep phenomenal phenomenal okay. man so how long did it take you you know like give us some like some pointers for people out there who want to self-publish their book like i let me let me just iterate again that if you out there and you want to publish a book, you don't want to go the self-publishing route, you know, if you go over to Inner Child Press, you know, those are real good guys over there. They're giving a 10% discount on all their um, publishing packages, you know, and they got packages ranging anywhere from $400 to $4,000, very comprehensive packages. So if you don't want to do all the work yourself, you know, you can go over there and get that 10% discount if you mention the promo code spoken soul and remember soul is spelled s-o-l but yeah my brother like give us some pointers man like take us through the journey of self-publishing and, and how you got it done like some of the things that we should avoid if we want to self-publish all right um the first thing that you have to do is have the manuscript and um have a really good person to peer review slash edit Mm. Because sometimes we look at things and um, we write them, but um, we don't often see the grammatical er errors. Even though our background may be in English or whatnot, have somebody to edit because that saves you a lot of time. It, it will be expensive, right? Because some editors charge you per letter, some editors charge you per word. Mm. But once that is done, I think a lot of it becomes easier. Mm. Um also have an editor that will consult with you first about what you want rather than just taking your money. So the consultation process was, are you just going to release one version or are you going to do multiple? Like, are you going to do a Kindle book? Are you going to do only a paperback? Are you going to do a hard copy? Are you going to do an audio book? So my editor did all of that first. Right. So my editor was telling me, you have to decide if you're going to release one version or if you're going to release multiple versions, are you going to do a Kindle book, a paperback, a hard copy, an audio book? So I, luckily for me, I had an editor that took me through that whole process and we decided to release two versions at the time because what the program that we were using, KDP Publishing on Amazon, was only allowing you to do a Kindle version and a paperback version. So we wanted to reach more readers as well because my goal is to not only limit myself to Barbados or the Caribbean, I wanted to tap into the international arena mm. rather and not only like the US, the UK, Canada, Australia, etc. So since a lot of people don't also like to own um, paperbacks because they're always on the go, we decided on a Kindle version. Mm. So... So let me ask you real quick. Is it mm -hmm. the same price for the for the Kindle version as opposed to the paperback version or is one cheaper than the other? The Kindle version is cheaper. Okay. Kindle version is cheaper. And what I did um, with both books, actually, if you have Kindle Unlimited, you can actually get the book free. Oh, yeah? Yes. Okay, I do have Kindle. I believe I have Kindle Unlimited because I have Amazon Prime. Isn't isn't Amazon um associated with Kindle, right? Yes. Yeah. So uh all right, so definitely I'm gonna I'm gonna download the Kindle version like soon as this this interview is over. <laughs> I'm definitely gonna do that, my brother. <laughs> no problem. But yeah, so yeah man. You, but yeah, go ahead, wanted, my brother. Go ahead. You wanted to reach more readers that way, so what I did was strike deals with um with Kindle Unlimited. To, um, so I include a whole lending feature so that if you have the Kindle version and you wanted to share it with your friends who might not be able to purchase it at the time, 
you can have the lending feature. There's also a feature where you could preview a couple of poems to decide if you want to buy the book or not. Wow. Yep. Dope, dope. So out of pocket, what would you say for my audience? What would you say out of pocket, self-publishing, what would you come out of pocket for the entire process? How much How much would a person have to come with, invested to self-publish? They, and we want to go with the, the cheaper version. Let's say the Kindle version for my okay. audience out there so they can know. All right. So you have to be cognizant of a couple of things. First, as I said, editing. Um, you have to find out the rates of your editor from consultation because there's a fee for consultation is usually free if you want within the first half hour or whatnot but after that if you go longer they will charge you per hour or per half hour so it's that i had to pay locally like um 560 so there's that then wow. you going into you uploading the book on amazon so you have to decide if you want and a Kindle cover that is from Amazon, if you want it to look fancy. With my first book, I didn't want it to look fancy. I wanted people to focus on the content. With the second book, however, I want it because despite what people say about you don't sell a book by its cover, yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. <laughs> so, <laughs> you do. Yeah, definitely. So my second cover, I um, was looking for a graphic designer. And um, the local ones here were really booked at the time. So the first one charged me like 300 locally for, for what I wanted. The second one charged me 200, but both were really busy. So I went to Fiverr, mm, amazing site. Fiverr. And um, I searched for graphic designers and I told the guy the, con- the construct that I had because it was segregated into a poem with three people. And you were asking me, you were alluding to the title earlier. Um, I wanted to showcase young and gifted people, not necessarily only myself, but into different professions that are often overlooked. Mm. So although I don't have the poem here now, because it's in my book, young and gifted represented uh, three people. Uh, an athlete that was overlooked, although that he was winning races and prizes, but he didn't have like people pushing him. Then you had a cook who was preparing like sumptuous meals, but you know, nobody like studied her um, methodology or considered the fact that she didn't have the support staff around her to prepare these dishes. You know, they just saw the end result. And then I wrote as the poet telling their stories, their stories. So that was the focus behind Young and Gifted. Wow. So that's how you came up with the pseudonym uh, yeah. Young and Gifted. Wow. So you have to, a proper graphic designer will put you, well, in the U.S., you know, because the conversion rates are different. A proper graphic designer will probably, if you really want it done, could charge you up to like 75 U.S. to like 150 U.S. or more because everybody has their rates. So you have to be able to negotiate that. And then everything else from there should be relatively simple because it's just a format that you're using called KDP Publishing. Mm, KDP Publishing. Now, do you have to pay anything for that program specifically? No. The what you what will be done is that when they're printing, they'll charge the per they'll charge per page, and that will be factored into the price of your book. So they'll ask you like, um, how much do you want to sell your book for? And for each print, there will there will be a fee. Like, um, for the young gift is like two dollars and twenty four cents. Mm, that's times dope. the. And then you have you have a um, something that's beneficial because you can actually get authors' copies. So you will be actually paying less for your authors' copies if you want to sell them locally, which I am doing now. Wow, wow, amazing, man! Yeah, man, congratulations, man, on that discipline. Like right now, you reside in Barbados, right? Yeah. Wow, that's deep. You see, we international. We're into we're we're, in, we're international with spoken soul sessions. We're international, but definitely, man. Um, I think that's phenomenal, man. I think a lot of people like I stress it on this show a lot about publishing your work, getting your work out there in the atmosphere, man. And a lot of times, man, a lot of us we get stumped by the different processes. We get intimidated, so a lot of it may prevent us from going forward and getting it done. You know, because yeah. there's a lot of tedious things that you have to be aware of. But, you know, 
we appreciate the fact that you can come on the show and give us the lowdown, the rundown of how to get it done, how to really, you know what I'm saying? Just set yep. your mind on it and go. Because the, the website that you was talking about, um, um, Fiverr, that's Fiverr. how you pronounce Fiverr, right? Fiverr. Fiverr, Fiverr. Because yeah. I've seen them, I've seen them before. I went on that website before looking for like an a, a animation artist, someone to animate. So they have a lot of a good a, a lot of good talent on that website where you can find different engineers, editors, um, different things that you're looking for to get your work out there. You can find on Fiverr. That's that's dope, man. That's yeah. dope, man. Now I want to get into some more of your poetry, man. This next right. piece, man. This next piece is your choice, man. You know your choice. Uh, let the audience, you know, let the audience get another taste. Of who Marlo Brown is, so let me set, right. let me set the stage up for my brother again. Coming back to the stage, let's give a warm, warm welcome to my brother and your brother, Mr. Marlo Brown, the young and gifted. Thank you. So this piece was actually written to a prompt by a Belgian for a Belgian poet called Thoughts by Steve on Instagram. And his prompt at the time was the world we slash you will leave behind. And this is has become one of my favorite pieces as well because of the reactions that I got from it. And I, yeah, the piece is telling. It's called Dear Future Generation. And it may trigger some people, so I hope, you know, that it doesn't as much. Dear Future Generation. We messed up. In this book of life, we often cut the pages that contain crude content, replacing archaic qualities like kindness and empathy with a lack of manners and vanity. You see, love, lo love no longer has a common scent. Instead, it is a spiked drink composed of mendacity, manipulation, and lust, so that when that intoxication disappears, you feel lovelorn. Used, then thrown aside, like a stuffed animal that no longer comforts you when you are scared. I used to wish that I would meet no more broken people. Then I realized we are all broken with no instruction manual passed on from prior generations on how to fix the errors of our past ways. We treat manners and decency with an air of skepticism since we fear that these are shown as a surface that hides an ulterior motive. Humility is an acquired skill attained by experience. So tell me, when will we celebrate life instead of accomplishments? We value things and use people Yet, when they die, we cry, since we no longer have those human resources. Is it really that, or are we too afraid to express what we really feel? We are all actors on different stages, so when the masks fall off, what lies beneath that can strip virgin of a beautiful song, are the cracked fragments, when placed together, that form humanity. Dear future generation, we messed up. I'm a young black man who has seen hurt. So in the following years which constitute my life's expectancy, allow me to be different. You see, in the first eight months of 2020, approximately 164 of us were gunned down. Yet, they still, yet still they don't see our names, since that U.S. doesn't feel as if we are part of the United States. 164 black mothers cried, and those that did not, worried, worried that their son or daughter may be next. They're either pulled over subjected to incorrect search warrants are just perceived as dangerous. Yet that is only one side of the coin. What about the other side where we kill ourselves? We speak of unity, yet we flaunt our privileges over the heads of the less fortunate. We speak of unity, yet we exist separately. I've seen some of us cry over life's tribulations, tormented by financial instability and the inability to provide for our families. Evicted, we become insomniacs. Kings struggling to find proper queens. So tell me, future generation, will you listen to us? Dear future generation, let me talk to you for a second. 56 years after the world war with itself, here we go again. However, instead of using guns and atomic bombs, we fight over a needle, segregated into two groups, vaccinated versus unvaccinated, where the latter category is treated like leopards, stigmatized so that when they get sick, the basic human right of healthcare shouldn't be afforded to them. If evolution is defined as a change in characteristics of a species over time, 
that specify the time frame where we got so petty in our thinking. These people, who are still our brothers and sisters, now fight alone, so that when one of them dies, the main highlight is their unvaccinated state. Reputations tarnish, jobs threaten, where sometimes even the chance of an interview is diminished. So tell me, future generation, how will you improve on the world that we will leave behind? And poem. So descriptive, so pertinent, man. So, so pertinent, man. Wow, there's so many points you you hit on in that poem, man. There's so many points you hit on, man. The the vaccine, the vax, the vaccinated versus the unvaccinated. You know, it's so damn, man. Powerful poem, man. When you wrote that, I wrote that in September. Oh, September that just passed. Yep. Definitely, man. Definitely on point, my brother. Definitely on point with that one. It's like you touch so many different topics, man. You touch so many different things, man. But that, but the vaccinated, man, the vaccinated, unvaccinated is what really, you know, stuck out to me about what's going on with the people in the society. You know, they trying to to create this this divide with the people you know whether you want to get vaccinated when you want to get whether you don't trust the government you don't trust that the vaccines and things of that nature but um it's definitely a problem man it's definitely a problem is it is that a going uh ongoing problem in barbados yeah in barbados and the caribbean um Mm. i have an old classmate from saint vincent who was about to lose her job because of that same problem because she doesn't Uh want to be vaccinated Wow. And, um, yeah, big, big problem. It's a big problem because here in the States also, you know, like like me personally, I'm a chef by trade. You know, I'm a chef by trade and I know the field, you know, they require me to get vaccinated, man. But I'm just I'm just waiting. I'm waiting. I'm waiting because I want to see the case study of what's going to happen. You know, it's a two year case study you know it's a two-year case study so i'm holding out until all of the things that are that they that they find out with this vaccine until they can just look at everything and make sure it's safe enough for someone to take it then i'll proceed and make my decision but it's definitely something that is is troubling me but this this country in particular have a bad negative history with black people dealing with vaccines because if you remember, yeah, the Tuskegee incident, the, the, the Tuskegee experiment, when they said they was they was treating these black people with 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 a cure, giving them some type of a cure, a vaccine to protect them from certain type of, I forgot what they said, was it polio or something? They said they was syphilis. trying to syphilis. No, no, it was syphilis. They was injecting yeah, them giving, with. Yeah, yeah. They was giving them the syphilis, but they yeah. told them that they was giving them a vaccine maybe yep. polio or something to that extent something. but they yep. lied and they and they gave these people this vaccine just to see how syphilis will go untreated in in black people i think it's diabolical i think it's just it's, it's just despicable and it makes me pause me being a black man in this country it makes me pause when it when it comes to anything let a, a flu shot let alone a vaccine say that oh it's going to protect me from something like I really don't trust that aspect of this government dealing with people giving them vaccines because you don't you never know what what they're trying to inject in you you don't know exactly. and that and that's the whole problem was going on where people are being divided and the people who are getting vaccinated no shade against you if you if you got vaccinated but at the same time you need to understand the the psyche of the people who are not vaccinated and the reason why they're they're not running to get vaccinated you know because exactly. you don't you don't trust these people man they can give you anything anything they can give you and once you got it you got it it ain't no giving it back yeah i was actually talking about that on on my way home preparing for this interview like mm. um they told us at the start okay mixed vaccinations don't work but now they're introducing a booster shot and saying to you all right if you have pfizer or moderna or astrazeneca 
the booster shot could be another vaccine and nothing will happen to you. Mm. But much there were pushing an agenda that said, or do not mix vaccines, you know, because we don't know the ramifications. And now, conveniently, everything's okay. It's okay. Just get it. And it's, oh man, it's just, it's too fishy. And the people behind it, the people behind the vaccines are so, so shysty. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, Bill Gates, what are you doing behind the world getting vaccinated? Yeah. Like, you deal with Microsoft, you deal with computers. This is what you, this is your lane. Why are you so interested or so involved in people getting vaccinated? And when you, when you look at the research, of, of what Bill Gates um, done did in other countries, and particularly Africa, you know, rural countries in Africa, where he go, where they go and experiment on the people there, and it's, it's been some bad experiments under his, under his companies going over there vaccinating, so called vaccinating people, where the people are becoming sterile, they're becoming they can't um, produce children anymore. So it's it's so many it's so many things to think about, man. But I really appreciate that poem, my brother, for for you bringing that that awareness. You know, yeah. sometimes sometimes it just need to be read, it need to be heard, because a lot of times things fly over our heads in the in the everyday hustle and bustle going to work you're trying to provide for your family and just things just go over your head man shout out to you for bringing that awareness to the people man profound poem man definitely a profound poem once i get your book because i know i'm getting it once i get your book i want to read that and really absorb it man i really want to absorb that poem man oh that one was actually not in the book oh that's um... not in the book no, I oh, can you say hold, that directly you, though. Yeah, you holding out, my brother. Man, I need to get that one. <laughs> you gotta send me that one, man. You try to hold out. I, I guess that I guess that's the one that's going to the third book. That's right, my brother. That's right. Yes. Um <laughs> I glad that you mentioned that because as I told you earlier, um I entered a local literary competition. So you had to submit fifteen unpublished poems, right? Mm. Um and they will tell you in a couple months' time, like if you want or not, um and as a result, they will publish your on fifteen point on sorry your fifty unpublished poems for you. So that piece oh, was that, yeah. actually the fifteenth poem. Wow, that's dope, man! So you got free publishing with it. That's that's dope. That's dope. Yeah. Wow, man! Definitely a profound piece, man. But that 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 that's a perfect segue to get into your final piece. We want to get to your final because we coming up on an hour already. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So let me set the stage back for you again, man. If you could deliver your final piece, man, then we can just, you know, talk to the audience for the remaining of the time. All right. Coming back to the stage, let's give a warm, warm welcome to my brother and your brother spinning his final piece, the young and gifted Mr. Marlo Brown. All right, thank you. So this piece, actually, because I changed the piece that I was going to do as my final piece, but this piece was the piece that um, introduced chemistry to me. She heard this piece on her life and reached out because it was a very important piece and it was a piece that I decided to write based on the fact that men don't talk about these things. You know, We have partners and we love them and whatnot, but we don't love them. So... This piece is called Thoughts of a Mature Mind, and I will introduce it my normal, my normal way. I'm not married, although I speak about marriage in this piece, and the piece is about endometriosis. Yeah. Thoughts of a Mature Mind. If I said that I love you, then how can I not love all of you? Pure pains paralyze and prevent you from performing your normal activities, while hematuria, dysuria, and urination frequency makes you conscious of self. Unable to trust, endometriosis makes you a skeptic. You don't want to be pitied. Hunch over, hoping that no one will see you struggle to ascend the stairs. Yet there it comes. That frantic, the frantic concern as a voice asks, are you okay? Though polite, that provokes you. Initially, you say no. Yet paracetamol could only do so much. Then it comes. The blood flows down your legs until it becomes ubiquitous. Embarrassed, you can say nothing, so he rushes to help. You direct him to your bike so that you can change the tampon. 
yet it hurts. That excruciating feeling that you could bear no more. Supervisor notified, you winked. He returns with your bike. They escort you to the bathroom. It hurts. In a small voice, you say, get my husband. As I reveal the thoughts of a mature mind, allow me to assure you that this dynamic duo will get through this. Awareness improved. So although the dysmenorrhea intensifies even before I arrive, we will get through this. Yet you worry. I wanted another kid, so I mistook your pain for pleasure. Now you see me, while I see you. Broken, emotionally damaged. How was I going to react? Would I be supportive? These thoughts played your mind. Afraid of confrontation, you watch me. What will I say? What will be my first words? Yet that wasn't me. Instead of being inconsiderate, I considered our next move. So I said, it's going to be okay. I love you. Spoken words of reassurance that stupid fickle feelings of fear felt instead of foraging the floor found around us. You are the flower that possesses pulchritudinous petals that only opens up with poise. Your vulnerability is a sequestered spot, never to be exploited. Instead, it is a rare commodity that is seen only by the most trustworthy. You are the epitome of elocution, so how could I not love you? Partners paired perfectly like peanut butter and jelly. Now we make our way home, turning your mishap into conversation. Bonded together strongly like covalent bonds in chemistry, I love you. Caressing you carefully so that you know that you could put your trust in me. If we are partners, then how can I not want to know about your medical history? Yet, I want our genitalia to exchange salutations. We are the ultimate union, so our actions are manifested through these thoughts of mature minds. And poem. Another dope piece, man. Another dope piece, man. That that piece is just like wow. The piece um is about endometriosis, which is a condition that we, a lot of women go through that prevents you from a lot of things. It prevents you from having sex because oh, you have, I knew that's what it was. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. That's that's the uh, is the syndrome when it's hurt. It hurts when they when they have penetration when they have sex. Yes. 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 I heard about this. I read a little bit about this. That's why the the terminology you kept using, and I was like, I know this terminology, and yeah, that wow, man. So wow, and it, it's a lot of women that suffer from it. Is it like I ain't gonna say a lot, a great proportion, but there is a there's a percentage of women that go through this, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Tell yes. us. Tell us a little bit more about this, brother. All right. So. I'll tell you how the whole concept came to be. I was in a men's group locally, and um, we discussed a lot of issues from financial instability, absent fathers, bitter mothers, and whatnot. So I raised this issue about endometriosis and told the leaders of the group at the time, why is it that we as men say that we love our women, but we don't know about what they're going through on a medical, from a medical standpoint, mm. you know? Are we there with them when they have to go through certain procedures? You know, a lot of men quickly leave when they hear that their women either go through, either have ovarian cancer, breast cancer, or any other medical condition that affects their female anatomy. Mm. You know, and there with endometriosis, there is a surgery that removes fallopian tubes, right? Which would prevent a female from having kids. Wow. How will we as men deal with that, especially if we want more children? So I wanted to create a poem where I could show support and also raise awareness to that side because wow. a lot of men don't discuss these things. Wow, man. That that right there, my brother, man. Very noble poem. And you know, like, you know how they say, out of sight, out of mind. And when you don't talk about something, you know, people tend to be negligent or forgetful about it. But it's definitely something that women go through, man. And that's just profound because it's, it's catching me off guard because I'm going to be honest, man. I never even thought about that, you know, to that capacity, you know, to even, yeah. to even put it, to formulate it, to put it in a poem, which can bring awareness to it. 
But that is profound, man. Such a noble poem, man. Such a noble poem. Because it's definitely something that men don't think about. And can you pronounce it one more time for my audience? The name of the... Uh, the uh, Condition? The condition, yes. Endometriosis. Endometriosis. Mm-hmm. And wow. it's funny too, what happened as a result. So I wrote that poem also in September. That was um, the 12th poem from the compilation. But I have performed it um, a couple of times in September as well. And um, chemistry has become my poetry partner. So that's why she also reached out. And she was going through, what I didn't know at the time was that she was going through that same struggle. Wow. That was mentioned in that poem. And um, she had a, the surgery for it the other day. And um, the color for awareness for endometriosis was actually yellow. Mm. So a group of us all wore yellow to our support. And um, it was amazing how that one poem inspired such a lot of things, a lot of discussion, a lot of raising awareness. So she, yes. she thanked me for it and asked me to do a sequel. And now you will do that at some point. But um, yeah, I definitely humbled man. by that. that uh, yo, my brother, because I seen on Instagram that she was posting the, um, the yellow hearts, the yeah. yellow hearts and, I mean, it's so informative, man. It's so crazy that she was going through that. And um, wow, man. It's profound, man. It's profound. It's profound. And and I know because I because I, I seen like a little documentary, something to that extent on it. I was you know how you look at stuff in passing, but mm-hmm. it's a condition that a, a a small percentage of women, but it's a great deal of women who deal with it when you add them all up. And that's crazy, man. That's it's definitely something very noble of you, my brother, to bring that to the forefront, to bring that, to bring that awareness to that, man. And uh, definitely, man, that that's crazy, man. Shout out to the sister chemistry, man. Hope she gets better. I can't wait to interview her, man, because I definitely want to get to interview the sister, man. She is dope, and yeah, she yeah. and she and she really. I mean, she really fought for you because she said, yo, I know somebody that you need to interview. And I'm like, I'm like, who? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because I was calling her to interview her. And she really shouted you out, my brother, man. She really put you up there. And she said, yo, I want you to interview this brother right here. In the meantime, you know, until I get right, I'm, I'm interview my brother right here. And I was like, wow, man. And I'm so glad I did. I mean, you are, you're definitely a, a cool brother, man. Your vibe, you. you're humble, you know what I'm saying? And your words speak for themselves, man. You have your catalog. I just can't wait to get your books, man. Like, I'm getting the one that's on Kindle. Soon as this is over, I'm going to get that, and I'm going to really absorb these poems, man, that you got up there, man. And anytime, my brother, you want to come back to the show, man, if you want to do that third book, and yeah. you want to, you know, release that third book as a as a debut on the Spoken Soul Session show, my brother. We would love to have you, man. Any time, man. I mean, okay. I really want to thank you for spending this time because we had so many different hiccups trying to make this interview happen, and you were diligent. I give you. I mean, you were diligent because I'm like, what? What's going on with this? We couldn't get it done, but we got it done now. And I'm so happy that we did, my brother. I want to thank you for coming on the show. I want to thank you for spending your time, blessing us with your poetry, and letting us, you know, walk into your world. Give us an inside peek of your process of what you do, my brother. Now, can you tell the people where they can find you, what they can do to support what can they do to support? And, uh, you know, let them know. Let, let them know about you, my brother. Go ahead. The floor is yours. Okay. So you can find me on Instagram at, at the young and gifted 24. Um, we are currently in the process. Since I'm in Barbados, everything is a bit finicky because um, I have a PayPal account, but, you know, we can make payments, but we can receive payments. So we're actually in the process of like setting up like a cash app, although I'm not in the States, but um, yeah, um, I have a lot going on. Like I say, I have, this interview was supposed to be a well, and we had hiccups, but we made it work. So thank you for that. Definitely. I will be the featured artist on Wednesday on Instagram at oh my word 246 Look out for me there. 
We are definitely going to tune in for that. I definitely. And please send me a reminder, my brother. Please send me a, a, a reminder on Tuesday or even on the day of, man, so I don't forget, man. Yep. I also have um, another interview with Lyrical Rain's authors on November the 30th, where I, again, will be discussing my two books. Um, I have an interview on December 4th with Born to Write, Lydia Cook. Shout I out have, to Lydia Cook. Yeah, she has been phenomenal. I have a performance on next Saturday uh, on Zoom with a group called ASALH.org and they have been instrumental in Black History Month. So I'm very fortunate to have that. So that's all that's been going on with me. Um, regarding supporting me, as I said, is a bit finicky because of the whole geographical location. Unfortunately, I am bringing in books to be sold locally and they will all be autographed. I am thinking, though, that I will bring in some more and handle, it, and handle the shipping process so that more people can get autographed copies, you know, because I don't want them to only be like buying from Amazon and not getting them autographed since I'm not in the same country. So that is a process that I'm actually considering as well. Definitely, my brother, man. Like, whatever you need from the Spoken Soul Session side, man, we're here. You know, if you need a promo or something and you need me to, like, blast where they can find the work, I can do that for you. But uh, it, are you are you planning to come into the States anytime soon? Yeah, I'm looking to actually come some point next year. I haven't decided yet. I'm still in the process of, like, getting my vacation because we only submitted the forms, like, um, yesterday. So when that is approved, I will, I will let you know for sure when I'll be in the U.S. Most definitely, man. Hope you come to New York. Hope you come to New York, man. We can meet, man. We go out and do some shows or something. You know what I'm saying, my brother? But definitely, I feel your vibe. You got a good spirit with you, my brother. And I love your poetry, man. I really thank love you, your poetry, you. man. Y'all go out and y'all support this brother in any way you can. If it, even by means of going on Amazon and purchasing that book and, and get him some sales, man. Definitely. I'm going to support that work. And um, I'm definitely going to blast it because I think your work needs it really needs to be out there. It really needs to be, you know, broadcast, you know, so definitely I'm going to do that, my brother. But I definitely want to thank you for coming through and uh, blessing the studio, you know, and being so patient, man. And uh, let me tell my audience, because this is the part of the show where I inspire my audience and I want to let them know to always, always stay on your path. Never allow anyone to deter you from making your dreams come into reality. Thank you for spending this time with us, for tuning in. If you guys want to get on the Spoken Soul Sessions show, Hit me up at spoken soul sessions at gmail.com. The soul is spelled S O L. And uh, send me some links where I can find your work or I can get oh. in touch with you. And uh, definitely we'll get you on the show. But until next time, I want to remind you to always speak your soul. And remember, I love you. And I hope you love me too. Peace.